I just want to welcome everyone here to Embrace at all of our campuses. We're so thrilled and excited to have you with us. My name is Adam. I'm one of the pastors here and just excited to be a small part of what God is doing here myself. Before we get started, I just want to mention one specific thing. Two Sundays from today, we're going to be starting a new series called Heart on Fire. Heart on Fire, talking about having purpose and passion in our lives, but specifically when it comes to our walk with Jesus. Basically, so often we kind of just mindlessly go throughout our lives. Sometimes I wonder, are we even alive? I mean, do you ever feel like you don't know what your purpose is? Ever just feel like you have no passion in this series? Again, we're going to talk about what does it look like to have our heart set on fire. And so two weeks from today, we're going to start this series. That same week, we're going to be starting up small groups as well. Across our campuses, literally hundreds of groups will be starting up. I cannot say it strongly enough. If Embrace is your home, or even if it's not, if you're listening online and you have a church home yourself, this still applies to you, get connected to a small group. Get connected to a small group. Small groups are what will make this church feel like family. It's what will make this church just feel like home in general. And honestly, life has its ups and downs, its twists and turns. Nothing is greater than going through life with a group of people, a group of followers of Jesus. And so get plugged in to a small group. So this is two weeks away. And I just want to say this Sunday, the two weeks from today, is the perfect Sunday to reach out and invite a friend, a coworker, and a neighbor and tell them to come. Even complete strangers. It's like you need to come and hear this series. And as we go into fall, this new season, even for all of us, I'm praying that if we've been hit or miss in our relationship with Jesus, if over summer we've been sporadic at best when it comes to God, that we'd get back on track. And that once again, or maybe for the very first time, we'd put Jesus back at the center of our schedule. We'd put Jesus back at the center of our lives. Now jumping into things for today, I've shared this many times before, but one of my absolute favorite hobbies is talking with people. I love to talk with people, just in general. It's like a, it's like a side hobby of mine is just talking with people, but nothing is better than talking with strangers. Why? Because everyone has a story. Every last person has a story, and I just kind of sort of want to hear it myself. And so if I meet someone without even thinking about it, I just start randomly asking them questions, like what's their hometown, what do they do for a living, oftentimes I just discovered how weird this was, no kidding, oftentimes I'm like, hey, what's your name again, as I'm on Facebook and I type their name in to see who our mutual friends are, weirdest thing ever, right, and so anyways, I'll do this and I'll just start asking them questions and I do this pretty much everywhere I go, at church, at coffee shops, as I'm checking out at Target, as I'm pumping gas. The other day I had an eye appointment and the lady who gives you the puff of air, I think I randomly I got like 50 questions in before she was able to give me the puff of air. But so I'll do this every place I go, but one of my favorite places is my front porch. You see, Beck and I, we got this house, this old house with this beautiful front porch on it. And the sidewalk in front of our house has like a constant steady stream of people. It's like a highway. You could say like it's an interstate of people walking by my house. It's crazy. And so when I, when I get bored or if I get bored, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'll just go out and meet, meet strangers and hear their story. So I'll go out there and I'll just pretty much start talking with everyone. And I've shared this before, but Beck and I, we live in a fairly diverse neighborhood. And I'm almost positive that I'm known as the strange white guy who will talk with anyone. But I'll go out there and again, I'll just start saying hello. And if they happen to stop, it's my gain, their loss. Because I just sit there, I'll ask them question after question 
after question to hear their story. It's kind of funny, though. The other day, I was out there with my son, and a man walked by on my sidewalk. Mind you, this is like 10 feet away. And I said, hello. You know, I got to. I said, hello. There was no response. And so I was in this situation. I didn't know what to do. As a high extrovert, I knew, though, that I had to say hello again, but maybe just a little louder this time. And so I'm like, hey, hello. You know, I don't even know what I'm saying. It's like, hello there. No kidding, the man starts power walking as fast as he can away. I'm like, oh, Jesus. So my son turns to me. He's out there with me. My son turns to me, and he said, Dad, I don't think the man wants to talk to you. <laughs> it was like my son's calling me out for being socially awkward. Hashtag just saying, Dad, you know. But again, once again, every last one of us, every single one of us has a story. Now, last week, we started up a new series called Tell the Whole Town, and to continue on with that series, I'm going to once again have us open up our Bibles to the book of John chapter 4. John chapter 4, if you have a Bible, I would encourage you to open it up, start bringing your Bible with you. If you have one, use the Bible on your phone, download the Version Bible app right now. I don't get any money from that. It's not connected to our church. Download that Bible and on your, on your phone do that. If you do not have a Bible, period. At all of our info centers, at all of our campuses, we have stacks of free Bibles, and they're awesome Bibles. They're really, really nice ones. Stop and get one of those. But just to bring us up to speed on some things, there's so much happening in this story. I'd encourage you to read through John 4 later on. But to continue on, I'm going to try to give us the high points of where we've been. And so Jesus is traveling, and he's speaking, and he's healing people when he goes through the region of Samaria. And when he gets there, he stops at a well to get a drink of water. And when he does, a Samaritan woman, she comes up to the well herself to get some water. And when she does, Jesus begins to talk with her. And so they're talking. And as they're talking, Jesus begins to make it clear to her that she is different, that, that he is different. I should say, he begins to say to her, he is different. He is different than anyone that she has ever met before. He's just trying to make it known that he is different than anyone. And to show this to this lady, Jesus gets right to the heart and he gets personal with her. And as they're talking, he tells her, he says, go and get your husband. And the lady responds back and says, I don't have a husband. Again, Jesus says, go get your husband. She says, I do not have one. And in verse 17, listen to what Jesus says back. Jesus says, you're right. You don't have a husband. For you have five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You have certainly spoke the truth crazy, right? Jesus gets very, very personal, and yet in this moment, in this moment, it becomes crystal clear to this lady who's a stranger, it becomes crystal clear that Jesus knows her story and everything about her. It becomes clear to her that Jesus knows her story, the good, bad, and otherwise. The parts of her story that she most likely wants to hide, the most tender and sensitive parts of her story, it becomes clear that Jesus knows it all. And in this moment, Jesus is not trying to embarrass her or shame her. Instead, again, he's just trying to show her a glimpse of who he is and that he is so different than anyone she's ever met before. And he knows her story, all of it, including her five husbands and about the man that she's currently living with that she's not married to. And yet, Jesus still approaches her and he still loves her. One more time, Jesus knows her story inside and out. And so last week, the big question that we asked, and today I just want to ask it once again, I just want to ask all of us, what is your story? At all of our campuses, what is your story? We just mentioned every single one of us has a story. What is 
your story. And maybe when you think about your story, you think about where you're from, or you think about your job, or you mention your family, your parents, your kids, your significant other, or moving past the surface when it comes to your story, maybe you mention a trial, and so you mention losing a job. You mention the miscarriage that you went through. You mention an addiction and a heart attack, maybe cancer. Or maybe you mention being left by the one person that was supposed to love you. Or maybe like the woman at the well, when you think about your story, you think about all the things you've chased in life. One broken relationship to the next. One poor decision after another. Constantly looking for something that will satisfy you, only be left more broken and empty than ever before. Again, I just want to ask, what is your story? And whatever it is, know this, that God, he knows our story, he knows it all, and yet he still approaches us, and yet he still loves us, and yet he still wants us to follow him. So now going back to Jesus and the woman at this well, Jesus is making it clear to her that he knows her story, that he knows everything about her, but one step further, as they're talking, Jesus begins to make it clear that he is God. He begins to make it clear to her that he is the one who will save people from their sin. He's the, he's the one who rescues us from our past. He's the one who gives peace to the restless. He is the one that he makes the broken person whole. Jesus begins to make it clear that he is the one, the only one who is able to satisfy our soul. He tells this lady, he says, I am the Messiah. I'm the Messiah. I am God come to earth. And this is so powerful, right? Because basically... In this moment, Jesus begins to share some of his story with her. He begins to share some of his story. And in this moment, this lady has changed. In this moment, she is no longer the same person. And you see, the truth is for this lady and also for all of us, the truth is, is that God's story, it changes our story. God's story, it changes ours. I mean, when we meet Jesus, our life and our story is forever changed. And instead of our story being based on our past, instead of our story being based on our mistakes, our regrets, instead of our story being based on our career, good, bad, or otherwise, instead of our story being based on our relationships, our story is now based and it is founded and it is centered on Jesus. He becomes the main character. It's all about him. One more time, God's story, it changes our story. We meet Jesus, our story is no longer the same. So again, Jesus makes it clear about who he is. And now moving forward, look at what happens to this lady. Look at what happens. Verse 28 says, the woman left her water jar beside the well, and she ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see the man who told me everything I ever did. I mean, this lady, she leaves her water jar behind. The very reason that she came to this well in the first place to get some water, she completely leaves it, and she runs back to her village. And what does she do? She tells the whole town about the man who knew everything I ever did. Once more, just to get really specific here, after meeting Jesus, what does she do? She runs back home and she begins to tell the whole town what? What does she tell them? She begins to tell the whole town her story. She begins to immediately to, to tell her story and about this Jesus man that she just met again. Come and meet this man. You got to just come and, and meet this man named Jesus who knew everything I ever did. You, you need to come and meet this man. She runs back to her village. You need to come and meet this man who knew my story and he knows everything about me. And so she begins to tell her story and look at what happens. 
just listen. It says the people came streaming from the village to come and see him. Like, after just hearing her story, all she does is, is share a story, and there's literally a line of people that leave the village to go and see and meet Jesus. And in verse 39, there's more. Listen to what happens. It's, they don't just go out and see him. Listen, listen to this. Verse 39, it says, Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said he told me everything I ever did. Again, many Samaritans, many people from the village believed in Jesus because the woman. I mean, basically that day, many people from the town, they believed in Jesus. Why? Because the woman simply shared her story. Again, many people, it can also translate as much or a large group of people believed in Jesus because this lady, she just stepped out and she just began to tell a whole bunch of people her story. Crazy, right? I mean, God uses this one lady, this one broken lady to tell the whole town. And from this today, here's the one thing that I want us to hear. If we forget everything else, remember this part. Don't miss it. It's the simple but powerful truth. That God can use our story to change someone else's story. God can use our story. He can use us. He can use you. He can use me. He can use our story to change someone else's story. I mean, our friend who is broken, our family member who is empty, our coworker who you can just tell is searching for something in life, our neighbor who seems to have everything and yet has nothing, God can use our story, not someone else's. He can use our story to change their story. Get this, God can use our story to bring other people true hope and joy. He can use our story to lead people to supernatural peace and real love. He can use our story to bring healing and freedom. He can use our story to introduce other people to Jesus. Again, one more time, God can use our story across all of our campuses. He can use your story to change, to shift, to alter someone else's story. Crazy, right? So this is good, but I know for myself, this is so much easier said than done. Or better put, it's so much easier thought about than said. You get what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know about you, but when it comes to sharing my story, especially the God part of my story, I, I want to be used, and I want, want to make an impact, and I want to see God change life through me, but I just have so many thoughts and questions and barriers that keep me from doing so, amen? I can remember as a new Christian specifically, and honestly, for the first eight years that I followed Jesus, I desperately wanted to tell people my story. I wanted to tell people and mention Jesus. I wanted to tell people about the single greatest joy in my life, but I rarely ever did. Why? Because what will other people think about me? What will people think? Will I, be, will I look stupid? Will I, will I be weird? Like, will it hurt my career if I mention something at work? Like my one friendship, I don't want it to get weird if I mention Jesus and they dis disagree with me. And what if I don't know all the answers? And who am I to even mention God to somebody else? Like I probably need a seminary degree, right? In my life, it probably needs to be perfect when it's clearly not. I mean, I'm a broken, broken individual and I need to have the right answers and my story is nothing special. Like my story is kind of boring. I mean, I don't have any cool parts. There's not much sex, drugs, and rock and roll in my story, if you get what I'm saying. And 
Drugs are bad, so do not do drugs. But speaking of rock and roll, some days I do wish I could grow a mullet just for like a, a week. <laughs> Again, though, as a newer Christian, I wanted to tell people my story and about how Jesus was changing my life. I mean, I was no longer the same person. I wanted to tell people that I was so broken, but God was making me whole. I wanted to tell people that I felt worthless, but I discovered my worth in Christ and that I was made in the very image of God. I wanted to tell people my story, but all I could think was how could, how could God ever use me? And I wanted to share my story, but what could possibly happen through my story? And yet once more, looking at this lady, I love this story. I mean, this lady, she's far from perfect, right? Like five husbands, really? Ten cats too? You know, like she clearly has not been to seminary. She does not know the answers. One thing I know for positive about this lady is, is that she has never read the entire Bible. I know this for certainty because most of the Bible hasn't even been finished yet. But when it comes to her specific story, what parts did Jesus mention and what parts did she tell to others? It's the worst parts. She mentions the, the broken parts. I mean, this man, Jesus, he told me everything I ever did. Like, he even knows about my relationships. Like, he even knows about my five husbands. I've tried to get that in the past. He even knows that I'm living with somebody I, I'm, I'm not. I mean, this is not a cool story. This is not a, a pretty part of her story, but it is, in fact, her story. And so what does she do? She begins to, to, to share it with who? with pretty much everyone. And what happens? Many people, much, a large group of people, they meet Jesus. And just like hers, their lives and their stories are forever changed. One more time, if you haven't heard it yet, God can use our story. To get more specific, he can use your story. I'm not talking to your spouse or your friend or whoever. Your story to change someone else's story. And so once more, I just want to ask, what is your story? What's your story? And a follow-up question to that, who needs to hear your story? Who needs to hear your story? Or better put, who needs to hear God's story through you? Who needs to hear God's story through our own story? Who needs to hear it? And with this question this week, I just have one challenge for all of us today, just one challenge. I mean, if we're here at a campus or if we're listening to this later on iTunes, and if you follow Jesus, this, this is for you. This is for all of us. Honestly, this is like the bare minimum of what it looks like to follow Jesus in this area. This week, my one challenge is to simply tell your story to one person. Just tell your story, just share it, tell your story to at least one person. With this, I just got to say, don't picture standing on a street corner with a megaphone. You can try that if you want to. If you do, maybe don't mention embrace if you could just do that possibly. <laughs> Actually, even we'll find some money to pay you off to not say embrace. <laughs> no, seriously. The, the best way to tell your story is through relationships. And so that one person that you tell your story to might be your best friend. That you've talked about everything with except the fact that Jesus has impacted everything about you. That one person might be your mom. It might be your favorite coworker. It might be the guy that you work out with every single morning at the gym. And just to get really practical... It doesn't have to be long and drawn out and weird. It's just simple. This week, if someone asks how your weekend was, tell them. Maybe mention that you went to church and that we're talking about our story. And just begin to share some of your story with them. What has God done in your life? Just for two minutes, share. Or with your friend or your mom, just to say, hey, mom, this is kind of random, but 
God has just been doing some really cool things in my life. And then just tell her what those cool things are. Maybe there's a friend from college that God just over and over and over and over and over again just keeps putting on your heart. But you're no longer even close to the same person that you were back in college. Like, you've been changed. If that's you, just call the person up and say, man, I was just thinking about you and I, I wanted to catch up and see how you're doing, ask how they're doing, and then tell them how you're doing. And if God is doing something in your life, include that part of the story when you're talking. I think so often we try and make this really complicated when we just need to share from the heart. We don't need to have this crazy story. We don't need to be perfect either. More than any other time, people are just looking for something that's real. More than any other time, people are just looking that's for something they can connect and relate with. The woman at the well that day in our story, she was real, right? I mean, she was just brutally honest, imperfections and all. And, and we don't need to have all the right answers. We don't. I mean, if when you share your story, you sound like a know-it-all, or you're trying to win an argument, or you're, you're trying to be pushy about things, nothing will change. If when you share your story, you sound like you know everything about everything, as a pastor, I would actually encourage you strongly to please not share your story. Wow. Please don't. But if you share your story with humility, with kindness, with a genuine heart, God will move in powerful ways. And oftentimes, the other person will begin asking you questions, questions like, will you pray for me? Questions like, where do you go to church? Can I come sometime? Questions like, I'm struggling with this relationship. My marriage is struggling. I'm trying to decide if I should get engaged or not to this person. My dating life, my relationships. What do you think God has to say about what I'm facing? Maybe they just say something like this, I just feel lost. Can you tell me more about Jesus? Because I'm probably too, too broken for him, right? I mean, if I came with you to church, I'd most likely be struck with, with lightning, right? I'm just probably outside of the love of Jesus. I mean, just share your story and then watch God move. Again, though, this week, if we follow Christ, my one challenge is to tell your story to at least one person. If you want to add to that, tell 10 people this week. Want to get crazy? Tell 100 people this week. Send an email to a group of friends. Do a Facebook Live. Share part of your story on Instagram or Facebook. Last Sunday after, after our services, a guy from Embrace shared his story online, and he just was brutally honest. I mean, exactly what we're talking about today is what he, what he did. He mentioned how his career and his marriage both fell apart, both just failed. God wasn't a priority in his life, and he was absent from both of them, but he just shared that God used these things. He used these, these broken, hard things to, to bring him back to Jesus. How cool is that? But again, tell your story to at least one person. And just to be up front, this will be a huge step of faith for some of us. I mean, some of us are here and we've maybe followed Jesus for years, maybe decades, and yet we've never ever told our story. If that's you, I want to challenge you. This is a part of being a follower of Jesus. This is something that's all for all of us. There's others of us who are maybe a brand new Christian and none of our friends are followers of Christ, and it's scary. This week, we, I had an introvert on, on our staff come up to me, and he wasn't joking around. He came up to me, and he just said, honestly, for him, this is one of the hardest challenges I've ever laid out on a Sunday. He said, as an introvert, this is terrifying. 
But telling people about Jesus is something that as followers of Christ, we are all called to do. And honestly, I can't wait to see how God uses this. It's crazy to think that of all of us, myself included, simply told our story this week that thousands of people across Minnesota and South Dakota and every place else would hear God's stories. Thousands of people. That's incredible. One more time, God can use our story to change someone else's story. Can you use our story to change someone else's story? Now, closing things up today, it's kind of random, something I kind of wanted to share for a little while, but it just fit perfectly this week, especially with this series. I just want to say that the heart behind this series is not to grow embrace or to grow a church. And I, I really cannot say that strong enough. I love embrace more than ever before. But so much more than that, this is from the depth of me, so much more than embrace, I love the church, the church, the bigger church. This week I was able to, to meet up with one of my pastors, the pastor that led me to Christ, the pastor that led me into ministry, honestly the pastor that, that really helped have the, have the idea for embrace as a whole. His name is Roger Spar. Roger 64 years old. He pastored the same church for 28 years up in Watertown, South Dakota. A church that underneath him as a pastor grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. Well, a couple years ago, Roger stepped away from the church there and he's now pouring into other pastors. Honestly, Roger is one of the most godly people I've ever met. Without him, I would not be standing before you. Well, a few months back, Roger had open heart surgery and this, this week, and, uh, a group of us met with him, and he told me, he told us that he's just been thinking a lot about life and about what will last. And when it came to the church, he said, in those 28 years, God did amazing things. God did some really cool things, growing the church, new buildings, new ministries. But he said, in looking back, honestly, the things that will last are the relationships I have and the lives that were changed by Jesus. That's what matters. That's what will last in the grand scheme of eternity. Not buildings and numbers, those are wonderful, but it's lives that are changed by Jesus that will last for all eternity. And he went on to say this, that in the Bible, in the book of Revelation, John is writing a letter to seven different churches. That's what the book of Revelation is. It's just a letter to seven different churches. And out of the seven churches, do you want to know how many are still around today? None of them. But he, he said that the church still remains. And that God's story, the story about Jesus, continues to be told. So coming back to all of us, listen to this. Long after a church called Embrace is gone. Long after a church called Embrace no longer is here, the church will remain. The church will continue to move forward. The church will continue to push back the gates of hell. Simply because of people telling other people God's story and how God's story changed theirs. And I don't know about you, but that gets me fired up. It's like, that's what I want to be a part of. More than embrace, more than just this church that will come and go, that's what I want to focus on. I want to be consumed on what will last being used by God to impact people's lives, to see people come to Jesus. And I know for myself, by the end of my life, I only hope that I can look back as I stand before God in his greatness that I can see that I've told as many people as I possibly can God's story. 
I'm praying even me, some bald, talentless pastor, but it would be thousands. It's like, man, I just told as many people as I could. And like the woman at the well, I only hope the rest of my life, I'm just going from person after person. And I'm telling the whole town, going from one person to the next person, telling the whole town about Jesus. Why? Because I have to. I just, the rest of my life going from one person to the next. Why? Because, because I have to and more than that, I want to. Because get this, come and see, see the man. Come and see the man who told me everything I ever did. All of you, my, my, my village, like come and see the man. Like you just need to come and to see the man. Come and see Jesus, the one who knew everything I ever did. You have to meet him. My hope and prayer for all of us is that we tell the whole town. We tell the whole town about how God's story completely changed our story. Let's pray. Gracious Father, Heavenly King, we, we come before you just grateful that we can be in your presence today. It's grateful that we can be in your presence. I know for myself, I, I, I'm so quick to look at my life and my gifts and talents and where you've put me, and I'm just so limited by what I can do. It's like, how can I possibly make a difference? But that's why I love the story so much. You take this one lady, this one broken woman, who's got this jaded past, and I'm guessing the village knew about her five husbands. You know, that's the lady, she's had five husbands. I can't believe it. Her life's a train wreck. You take this, this broken lady and you, and you meet her at this well and she's changed. She's no longer the same. And what does she do? She doesn't go to seminary. Instead, she just goes back to her village and she just starts telling person after person about this man, Jesus. And lives are changed because of it. Many Samaritans came to believe in Jesus because of her. God, we pray that would be the story of our lives individually and as a church. Would you use us this week? I pray for all of us who consider ourselves followers of Jesus, Lord. Would you hound us in the best way possible this week until we step out and tell someone our story? And what truth is, it's not our story, it's just yours. So would you just challenge us, God? Give us the courage, give us the words to say, just to step out and tell one other person our story. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.